Hello, and welcome to Leading Ladies of Montana Real Estate, a show about buying and selling homes in Montana and the power realtors and power lenders that make that happen. We are your hosts, Colleen Wood. And I'm Alicia Retz. Each week, we will discuss the housing market, how to navigate it, and what questions you need to be asking yourself along the way. But that's not all. We will also dive into how to navigate the ins and outs of being leaders in business and how to build a robust and dynamic team within that business and navigating the world as a career-driven professional, all while raising a family. Join us as we share our highs and lows in real estate, business ownership, and motherhood. Good afternoon. Hi. How are you today? I'm great. Oh, good. Okay, so we're doing a podcast today and I have no idea what it's about. Perfect. Love letters. <laughs> <laughs> Love letters. All right, tell me, what are we talking about today? Well, it's really common in our crazy, crazy seller's market right now that realtors are encouraging their buyers to write love letters and really kind of spelling out how they're going to love on the property, how they're going to raise their babies there, how they're going to have their, you know, 1.2 children and a dog the and a cat, retriever. the golden retriever. <laughs> they're going to have barbecues there. They're going to, you know, they're going to keep the picket fence because they just love it. And people actually like they've made progress with these love letters and people deals have been done now because of a great love letter being written to the seller. Right. And I just heard today. It's against somebody just said it's an equal housing issue. Yep. And how do you feel about that? So I saw that actually on a Facebook post where I'm on like a realtor group thing and mm -hmm. they were talking about them. And then I saw a bunch of agents post that it's against HUD, that mm -hmm. it's a fair housing thing. And truly that makes sense because you can discriminate to say, oh, only a family can live here or oh, so I'm only going to sell to certain people. And that's why it's not supposed to be in there. But it does work. And then the other thing, people are excited to hear about who's going to live in their house. They're yeah. curious more than anything else. Right. Where they just want to know the type of person. They want to be able to see him and kind of feel it. But what, so what do you know? What have you heard recently? I don't know. It just kind of, it kind of wigs me out a little bit. I mean, I, I feel like we need as many edges as we possibly can to get our buyers under contract. And I felt like that that was working pretty well. I mean, I get it. Only, I'm only going to sell my house to, you know, to a family that's got a boy and a girl because I have, you know, my bedroom, you know, my bedrooms in my house were for my son and for my daughter. And I want somebody else that's going to have the, exactly the same thing. Is that discriminatory? Possibly. I think it is. Well, I mean, it yeah. is. They've, they've declared that it is discriminatory. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But so I work with a lot of agents and there's some really, really strict ones. There's some other ones that are more lenient just about, you know, the rules, timelines and what have sure. you. And Almost every single offer I get, I'm getting a love letter. Yeah. Almost every single one. Some I of the most yeah. strict by the book agents that if you're a minute past the deadline, it's over. It's over. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's <laughs> over. Like, oh my gosh. Uh -huh. um, but they're sending these love letters too. And I know yeah. they know it's against the Fair Housing Act. Yeah. So I know that they're aware of this, but we're still sending them. So how are you helping your clients be competitive without a love letter? It it's, just seems like it's all about money. It's a lot about the money. It's a lot about the terms. We're giving a lot of free rent backs. We're paying the difference between appraisals and mm -hmm. if we can do that. And I think the other thing that we're seeing a lot of is younger families borrowing money from any family member they possibly can to buy, do uh, a cash offer, refinance it, and then take over the payments from there. And so they can yeah, pay back that family that member. We're seeing that a lot too. When people are coming in and doing delays 
aid financing just so that they can have a cash offer. You know, something I heard from another lender that's not in this market, a friend of mine, they're seeing a ton of offers being written as cash and then flip-flopped right after into financing. How would you handle that? I have three buyers that currently did that to me. They did not disclose it to me. And the other agents are fuming. They called me nasty names. And I truly didn't know they were doing it. All three of them. Oh my and gosh, because they're of, trying to be competitive. Yes. And they know that's what they have to do. Yep. Ugh. And so one of them is a young lady was buying it. Her mom was doing the financing for giving her cash. And then they were going to refi. Right. And she straight up told me, she's like, it's never been a problem. I did this on the last four homes we made offers on. And that's how we got the deal done. And I was fuming. My job is to represent you, do what I can to the best I need to know what's happening. Mm-hmm. And she just pretended like it was no big deal, but it is a big deal. It is. Technically, the terms do not change. So there is not a financing contingency in the offer. There is not an appraisal contingency in the offer. So even if they can't get financing, worst case, they would lose their earnest money and the sellers would get that. But it does still change it, it changes the deal. Is that what happens on it? Because if you've signed a contract saying that you have cash and you don't have a financing contingency and you don't have an appraisal contingency, you've already released the inspection contingency if you even had one, right. aren't you legally under contract to buy the house no matter what and you could potentially be sued if you didn't? Yep, they can sue you. If, they can sue you if you don't do it. Most, I've never seen it where it actually happens. Usually they just lose their earnest money and yeah. go on to the next because it would get wrapped up for months and it's not worth it in this market. You just want to sure. get it done. sure. But at least that you have those terms where you don't have that as a contingency. So technically, and most of the time people do actually have the cash if they had to, yeah. if for some reason the financing didn't go through. So it's kind of a weird area where I get it a little bit. And on one of the deals, the agent just said, get me off this email. I know nothing about this. If they're getting financing, uh, it's not part of our contract. And just, I don't want to know about it. You, yeah. you close on the day we're supposed to close. It's, and you bring the cash, and you bring the cash and, mm-hmm. but get me off these emails. Yeah. It was very cold, but I think she probably did the right thing in, in that situation. Right. So no more love letters. I know. We're just going to have to be very creative when it comes to how we write the offers. I say we, it's not me. <laughs> I just do the lending. I'm saying we, I'm not a realtor. Um, what would you do if you were looking to buy right now? How would you make yourself more competitive? It's hard not to write the love letter. You think you're a good person. You yeah. know what you can bring to the table. It's hard not to write that. Yeah. Um. What would I do in this market right now? I'm very grateful that I don't need to buy in this market right now, if that's fair. I'm very grateful that I already own my home. I think it's incredibly challenging right now to buy into our Montana market right now. I've looked at a couple of properties. I'm not at a place that, I, that I'm that i wanting to, to jump into that. I think it's just so hard right now for especially young families to try to purchase homes in our market in this kind of competition. You know, anything between 300 and 450 is so much competition for it. I don't know. I don't even know how to give advice on that. I know. Uh, I, I feel you like... You have a few acres, right? <laughs> I, do you have, I do. How many I, acres do you have? Let's talk about it. You have a killer um, property. We have 42 acres. You're going to get me hate mail. Um, <gasps> that's not a ranch. Just saying. That's not a ranch. Well, okay. Have we talked about over 40 acres? <laughs> have we talked about how it's hard it is to get properties. It's two okay, properties smart. that side by side. So um, yeah, I have two properties side by side and one of them, you know, is 21 acres. The other one is 20 something okay, or something really like that. Okay, that's really smart. Yeah. We should probably talk about that real quick since I mentioned it. Mm-hmm. So 
Have we talked about the 40 acres? No, okay, we haven't so, talked so about Since you're the lender, tell us mm-hmm. about the difference between anything under 40. You can have 40.1 acres and it is not fun to get done. No, you can't get it done. So Montana has a law uh, and it has to do with um, what the recourse would be in the event of foreclosure. So in Montana, if the property is 40.00000000 and under, we can record a document called a deed of trust, which is the actual security instrument that's recorded at the county um, to say that there is a mortgage on the property and it goes into spelling out what the foreclosure process would be on that property. Now, if you um, have a property that's 40.1 acres or up, we have to record a document that is actually called a mortgage, which happens to be a coincidence in terms there. But it's it's a, called a mortgage document. And that foreclosure process is completely different than the foreclosure process on a property that's had a deed of trust recorded on it. And it's a risk to the lenders um, and their ability to record closure processes on you. So if you have anything that's 40 acres or below, you can do the deed of trust with a secondary market lender like myself. If you have 40.1 acres or above, you need different kind of financing, generally a bank financing, kind of more of a ranch loan kind of deal. It's hard to find people to get them done. It's hard to get it done. So yeah, but I I can't really touch anything that's anything over 40 acres because of that restriction. Yeah. So, um, which is so funny because you talk about it in any other place other than Montana and they, they're like, oh, oh, that's not even, that's not even a thing. I'm like, right, it's a thing. Yeah. It's a thing here. Right. So it's gotten away thinkers. with one time and I, I, I got, I got a very stern finger shook at me because <laughs> title won't slow you down for it. They don't care. It's not, it's not a risk to title. It's a risk to the lender. Yeah. I, I keep you. that to myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. I'm going to change topics a little bit, but stay on love letters, but kay. switch it a little bit. All right, let's talk love letters to Montana. Oh. What are your, some of your favorite local jams, your favorite mm. outdoor areas? Where do you love to go? Well, I'm pretty simple. I just love to be outside in Montana. Um, I really love my house. I really love being at my house on my property. But things that I love about Montana, I mean, the great thing about traveling outside of Montana is it just takes you like two seconds to realize how lucky we are to be here, how beautiful it is in literally every single direction. And in every single corner of the state, we have all the variances of terrain and and variances of people. And so Montana is beautiful from top to bottom. But I really, really love the the mountains and glacier are like sharp. They're, They're like almost like teeth. Oh, they are. So the the mountains and Glacier Park are so pretty. I, things more local. I love Dave's Dave's Sushi. We have like the most amazing sushi at Dave's Sushi, which you would think that sushi in Montana would be disgusting. I know that Dave's flies in their sushi twice a day in order to have the most um, fresh, not, they don't fly in their sushi, they fly in their fish. And they have, you know, world-class sushi chefs, um, right, making sushi right there uh, in the shop. It's our date night Me too. I we, love it. We I, don't want to go somewhere else. We no. only get so many date nights. We go there We go Dave's Sushi time. too. And yeah. Nothing like an IPA and sushi. Oh, man. Throw I'm some sake hungry. in there. You have a two-handed <laughs> drinker. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but uh, so I love, love Dave's Sushi. Um, we have some really great restaurants here in Bozeman in general. That was my biggest thing of the coming back to Bozeman when I was in Portland. Portland food is fantastic. Fantastic. It's this own mm-hmm. little bread basket of amazing local fresh stuff. But for the size of our town, our food is just delicious. And we don't have, we do have like an Applebee's and that type of stuff, oh, yeah. but people don't go there. No. People go to local restaurants and there we have Owned healthy by local options. people. Yes. And yes. they're all unique, their own flavor, their own style. 
mm-hmm. they bring their own little twist. There's a great place called the Hop Lounge. One of my clients owns yeah. it. Great, right great. Right next door to me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have all this beer on tap and he's um, he's Southern mm-hmm. and he breaks, makes this amazing chicken, this fried chicken and all these great little Southern treats too. Well, and Revelry yes. has a world-class chef. Their food is so great. We love Revelry. They do a fantastic Sunday brunch. It's amazing. It's an amazing experience. And I actually have seen some some, some celebrities there. Ooh, um, fancy. So, that's fair, Name fancy. drop, tell us, tell uh, us. What was in it? Uh, John Malkovich. Oh, I heard he was in town. Yeah, yeah. He's I was sitting, favorite. we were sitting on the other end of the, or like just around the corner of the bar. And I was, I looked at my husband, I'm like, I feel like I know who that is. He's like, you do know who that I is. I bet nobody <laughs> talked to him too, huh? Nobody talked to him. Yep. And I was like, <laughs> he was like, don't talk to him. I'm like, I, I feel like I should say, hey. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of celebrities I, I got to see, uh, Giselle Bunchen. I yeah. hope I'm saying that right. Yeah. And again, she's just walking out. Yeah, walking, just normal people. Just out on the trail with her dogs. And I was like, wow, she's really freaking hot. And then, <laughs> You're checking like, her I think out. I know. Like, I'm like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> well, that's something that's something to love about Montana is that we have amazing people here and, you know, people come from all or all over. We have celebrities here that are just trying to find, you know, just a little bit of peace. Exactly. They're looking for peace and they're not looking to, for anybody to notice them. They're just here for peace and solitude. And that is something I love about Montana. Yes. And, you know, what's cool about Bozeman is that you can literally drive 50 miles in any direction and find what we call real Montana, which is going to be, you know, super rural super laid back, you know, cows and, and, oh, and the best grain bars. bins and the old bars. bars. I yeah. love going to like the mint and oh, all know. these crazy little places or the bar. There's pony so, bar. Yes. It's so, <laughs> I, or there's a great one called the bank. And yeah. Bank I, bar. The bank bar. Mm-hmm. Those are the best places to go. You get My to girlfriend see bartends there. Oh, fun. Yeah. We got to yeah. hit her up. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. So okay, I'm going to tell you one of my favorite, yeah. favorite, favorite places on the planet. Maybe, maybe I love this place more than Disneyland. That's the boiling river. Oh yeah. I've never even been. You haven't been to the boiling mm-hmm. river. Oh, you're in so much trouble. Okay. So it's on the Yellowstone river. It's absolutely. Is it in the park? It's in the park. Okay. So that's in Wyoming. No. No. It's right before the border. Okay. So it's in Montana. I had to look it up because somebody else told me Wyoming too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And then, so it's on this just normal, the beautiful river and Mm -hmm. you hike in about a mile and there's just these natural hot springs coming out of basically a little teeny volcano Mm -hmm. into the water. And you find these little pockets at the very beginning. It's super, super hot and super cold. You can't quite find your medium. Go a little bit farther down. It gets a little bit more equalized. And the farther down you go, the more just warm it becomes. Mm -hmm. But you just sit in the water, you relax. You always have a beer, of course. Mm -hmm. Pick up your garbage. Don't leave it there. No. And it's one of the most magical places on the planet because right. you can find your perfect spot. I get hot really easily. Yeah. So I get like put my feet in the cold water, but then have the hot water on my back. And yeah. it is so, so magical. You know, one of my favorite places, um, I just love the crazy mountains. Yes. You know, yep. I just, I grew up below the crazy mountains and I still, I can see them from my house and I still just think they're the most amazing. So my story that I was told, I, I don't know if about it's correct about the crazy lady. I was going to ask you if you I, heard the so, same story. Yeah, Tell no, me. I was told and I don't know, please, it, you know, don't chew my head off if it's wrong. But I was told growing up that, um, uh, that there was a lady that was, was up in the crazy mountains and she went crazy. And she was screaming 
Like she would just scream and scream and scream. And the Indi- it scared the Indians that were there. It, it scared them. And so they, they named the mountains the crazy mountains. My grandpa told yeah. me the exact same okay, story. Okay, it's not totally we off the, the wall. <laughs> you know that like, shake shop in Big Timber? Yeah. Uh, we would sit there, look at the crazy mountains, and he would just tell us the story of the crazy lady. Mm. So I wonder if someone should reach out to us. Yeah. Respond in our comments. Let us sure. know if this is true or fiction because we need- Yeah, to, it's a yeah. pretty strong rumor. Yeah, fact, <laughs> fact check it for us. Fact checked it. Uh, the other place that I love in Montana is I, I love Flathead Lake. It's so beautiful and there's so many cool things to do um, on Flathead Lake. It's so huge. And there's so many really cool little towns around Flathead Lake. Big Fork is stunning. It's I one of my most favorite places. Polson is gorgeous. Really, really beautiful areas. And you know- I really love Miles City. Oh, funny. I haven't been to Miles City since I was probably in middle school at a soccer tournament. The Miles City Bucking Horse Sale is epic. It's something... Bucking Horse Sale? Yeah, it's a bucking horse sale. So and they do it every... You've never gone? No. Oh, girlfriend, we got to go. Yes. Okay, so it's a big party. Okay. It's a big party, and but it's the bucking horse sale. So they're, they're selling rough stock to go to, you know, to go be with stock contractors and people bring, you know, their best rough stock and they buck them out and and it. they buy bucking horses oh at the Wild City bucking horse sale. <laughs> all the rodeos are happening this year. The rodeos are I'm happening this so year. I'm so excited to go back to the rodeos mm-hmm. and just smell the poop. I love it. It just is such a fresh, awesome group of people. Do you know that I was a rodeo queen? (gasps) You were? Oh my gosh, let's post a picture. No. Find a picture. (laughs) Yes, we are finding it. We are posting it. We're going to get some comments. Oh girl, I want to see that. No, I was a Livingston Roundup rodeo queen and Livingston Roundup rodeo queen. A long time ago. So yeah, the Livingston Roundup is pretty near and dear to my heart. That's my favorite. We used to do um, the grand entry. A bunch of girlfriends and I used to do the grand entry and I, I will just say we were the fastest, the best grand entry flag girls that you've ever had, ever seen, ever. Um, I'm not, I'm That's not partial. I'm, I'm not partial at all. But um, all the girls that I rode with would tell you the exact same thing. And the rule was, if your hat came off your head, your head better be in it. Yep, so, I the same yeah, thing. You, you, you do not lose your cow hat. Cowgirls keep their hats on. That's oh, It's a party foul Colleen, if you lose your hat. I'm not doing hat. the next podcast if you don't show me that picture. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of pictures. You uh, have to show Rodeo queening days. So yeah, I'm excited that rodeos are back. Gardner Rodeo is super cool and local. Um, yep. they, they do a, a rodeo series. I hope they do that this year. I think it's every weekend um, that they're putting on a rodeo. And it's just a, a lovely little drive down to Gardner, which is right at the mouth of of Yellowstone National Park. Um, super cool, super touristy. Uh, they also do, in Miles City, they do, uh, oh, it's, it's um, they run the horses through Gardner. It's all the outfitter horses. They run them through, oh. uh, through downtown, which is just a really kind of a cool touristy thing to see. Just the horses running through downtown Gardner. They run them across Beautiful. that big bridge that yeah. goes, it's super high above the Yellowstone Gardner River. Is such a cute little town. It is. Great you pizza. Have, oh, they've got some great pizza, great food. <laughs> like you said, it's super touristy. Yeah. Their market is crazy right now. You it is. You cannot find a property. And it's also hard on the rental market because they have so many people that are involved in the tourist industry there, but they can't yeah. find a place to live. You know, that's just Montana right now. It really is. It's really Montana right now. And, you know, lots of different perspectives and way to, ways to look at that. Um, there's good and bad things about it for sure. Um, is it going to change the way Montana looks? Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. is. It really is. And there's still lots of great parts of it left. And, you know, 
It's just changing. Yep. It's just changing. Everywhere's changing. I have re- it's so fast. It's happening yeah. like crazy. Yeah. Well, this so, is fun on yeah. love letters. We love got two different types. We got the Montana love letters. Yeah. And I don't think we really came with to a true conclusion about writing love letters. I mm-hmm. know it's we really shouldn't. I but it's one of those things where people are still doing it. Yeah. All right. Again, leave comments. Tell me what you guys think about the love letters. Yeah. yeah. Comments would be great on that. I know a lot of listing agents are saying, do not send your love letters. Um, I might start just putting that in there. They're yeah. sad to read. I get, I get emotional. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. It can be hard to pick through all the offers, but this is great. Thanks for talking love letters with me. And um, we'll see how the market continues to interpret that perspective. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. Tune in next week for another episode of Leading Ladies of Montana Real Estate.